Hey church family, it's summer at City Hope and we're in week four of the series we're calling Beautiful Attitudes. So today, I'm actually on my way up to Colorado, beautiful Colorado, to hang out with about 12 to 15 other pastors for a few days. You know, as pastors, we need to take a little bit of time every once in a while and just sharpen each other. The Bible actually says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another man. And so I'm gonna be with a group of pastors and we're gonna be sharpening each other. We're gonna be resting, relaxing. We're gonna have some fun along the way too. And I can't wait uh, to be back with you but uh, while I'm here and you're there, I wanted to take a moment and introduce to you our guest speaker for today. I love the summertime because we get to bring in some different voices that you can hear from, some men that are important to me, people that are important to me. And today you're gonna get to hear from James Craft, who's someone that I admire, I look up to. He's a coach, he's a friend, he's a mentor, he's a pastor. He's another person in my life who has a voice, has, has a, a vote in my life, but they also, he has a veto power. He can, he can yank a knot in me too. And so I'm thankful for James and Terry and their relationship with Annalise and I and their relationship with this church. He's no stranger to us here at City Hope. And so I'd love for you to just, in City Hope fashion, just do the best job you can to help me welcome him. Would you stand up on your feet with me right now and let's put our hands together and welcome James Craft. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, good morning, everyone, here in person and online, and, and uh, I just really am excited to be here with you. It's hot outside, okay? I mean, does anybody agree that it's hot outside? Okay. Some of your hands aren't going up, but this California boy, I struggled going out there. I'm like, that is hot out there. Uh, but man, I am so excited to be here with you. Uh, you know, my wife and I, uh, Terry, uh, she's not here today, but we have some exciting things that are happening. On Our oldest daughter's having a baby in August. I'm going to be a grandpa, and so I'm really excited about that. Yes, you can say yay, clap on that, but... Uh, I thought, being a grandpa, I thought that was my parents' age. <laughs> and so I'm realizing, wait a second, I get to be a grandpa, and uh, they're going to call me Papa. And I like that. And so my daughter got me a shirt that there's a bear on it, and then the word Papa on it on top of the bear. I'm like, yes, I will be Papa Bear. Uh, and spoil that. And I, and I have three daughters, um, but now I get to have a little girl as a granddaughter. I said, <laughs> we can't produce boys in our family if life, our life depends on it, obviously. And so we get to have uh, another little baby girl in our lives. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm so excited about being here. We, uh, we did things a little bit different this, this time. I, I usually fly in and, and come speak, but uh, we have a, a little mini RV, and we t usually take it to the beach and go camping sometimes, but because my, my wife will not go tent camping. She has to have something nicer than that, and it's like, you know, so I'm not doing that. So I said, hey, why don't we drive out to Texas? <laughs> that was a great idea when I thought of it. Uh, so we started... Yeah, let's do it. So my wife said, I'll go the first three days with you. Then I need to fly home because she needs to be back for some stuff. So we flew and we drove about to Lubbock, Texas uh, for the first one. And, and Lubbock is pretty flat. And uh, it's pretty flat there. But we're sitting there one day or on Friday. And all of a sudden they said, oh, it's going to rain. Well, I'm thinking from California, it's going to rain. I, I don't know. It just rains a little bit and then rains. Well, when they said rain, they didn't tell me hail. Okay. <laughs> And so we have this brand new RV outside, and, and so I'm sitting at the dinner table, and we're looking out in their backyard where the pool is, and I see this 
splash into the pool. I'm thinking, what was that? I thought the world was ending. I thought the sky was falling, and we had tennis-sized hailstones coming down all around us. And they started saying this, oh, we'll call the insurance company. We'll just call the insurance company. I'm like, no, I'm dying. I'm just started praying right there. I'm like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And it, it made some holes in my car, my van. It was like, just beat the snot out of it. It pummeled it. And you know what, though? It's driving. The front wheel is, French windshield isn't broken, and I got to make it here. And so I'm so thankful to be here. But guess what? You guys produce some big hailstorms out there. <laughs> Never seen anything like that in my life. But you know what? I'm so thankful. But so I drove out here by myself with my dog. I know you guys might, have you ever had a speaker drive in on a little RV with his dog? Okay, so I wanted to be a little different. So someone's very special here is watching my dog right now. But then after this, I head up to Steamboat Springs, Colorado to meet with some more leaders up there. Uh, and so I'm going to go up and make my way up that way. Uh, I thought, you know what, this is an important time for me. I live a very busy life. I travel a lot. I fly a lot. I'm speaking, going places, and doing things. I'm in a plane at least once or twice a month, and so go in different places. And I really feel the Lord say, James, I want you to go on this trip because I want you to unplug. We have an organization called Life Unplugged, and I say, I want you to, want, I want you to unplug a little bit. I want you to disconnect, and I want you to find a place of solitude for the two of us. It was almost as if God was asking me out on a date. It was awesome. He goes, I want special time with you. I want you to be able to get away from the distractions that you might be having right now. And I do. I have a lot of things going on. We're writing two books and this and that. It's just a lot. And my mind's always going. And I, he said, I want you to pull away. So even after this, I, I'm driving up to uh, a Raton. Uh, there's a lake out there. I'm going to go out and go sit and be quiet uh, tomorrow morning with my dog. And I'm going to just spend time with the Lord. I'm going to do it on the drive up there as well, but there's something about being intentional about being with God. Can I hear an amen on that? Because don't we all live busy lives? I don't know about you, but I live outside of Los Angeles and, and uh, California, and it's just busy. Just hop on the freeway. You'll find out what busy is all about, right? And, but your busyness and your business with kids and family and future and this and that, and you're always going, and the Lord says, hey, I want you to pause, and I want you to experience me. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm driving this. Uh, now, today is my first day without my wife, and so I get to see what it is to drive without a partner and switching off. And so it would be kind of an experience to do, but I really look forward to those moments to be able to be quiet. I typically don't play music in the car, even though I love music. Uh, I don't play music a lot of times because I want it quiet. And let those times maybe for me, for you, is a time where you find your quiet space to be with God. Can I hear an amen on that? This is a time where the Lord wants you to draw near to him and experience some of the things he has for you. So let me open up in prayer today so that we can prepare our hearts to hear what he wants us to hear today and to receive what he has to give you today. Can you receive that today as I pray? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day and I thank you for this opportunity for us to be together. What a privilege and an honor, Lord, to be here in church today. There are certain places in the world that this is not allowed, and we have the right and the freedom to do this. And so, Lord, we, we consider the privilege and honor to be here in your presence and with one another. I just pray your blessing over each person and let your word come alive and let it be something that just allows us to be filled by your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. And can everybody say amen? Amen. 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 So what I want to talk to you today about a series that you guys have been in. It's called Beautiful Attitudes. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, when I live, California 
you got kind of a little attitude. You walk with a little attitude, and you experience people with a little bit of attitude. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that a little bit later. But I was just in uh, South Carolina this last week, or two weeks ago, visiting my daughter and son-in-law, who are going to have the baby. And, and we're walking around, and my wife and I like to get out in the morning time, because that's our, we're awake, we're alive, let's go work out, let's walk, jog, whatever we're going to do. That's where we talk, that's where we discuss, that's where we fight, that's where we dream, that's where we do all the good stuff, all right, as married couples do it. And so we were out there, and we were, we were out there for a long walk, and, and there's lots of people out with the walking, talk, walking with their dogs, and, and everybody is waving, and they're like, hey, how you doing, neighbor? You know, how you doing? How's it going? I'm like, hey, 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 how's it going? You know, and they're waving at me all the time, and all of a sudden, I started to build some confidence to wave back. Hey, hi, how you doing? You know, and then everybody, I'm, not, I'm talking, everybody looks at you, even as they drive by in their car, their hands out the window, hey, I feel like I was in the Truman Show. You know that, that movie? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I didn't know. It was, I, I just kind of went with it. I went back to the house, and I was talking to my daughter, and, and I said, God, yeah, it's kind of weird. Everybody waves at you here. And she goes, Dad, you've got to wave back. That's what you do. We wave at each other here. I said, really? I said, oh, okay. So the next morning, we went back out. I started doing it. I just went in, hook, line, sinker. Hey, how's it going? How's it doing? It's good to see you. You know, how you doing over there? And I was waving at everybody. It felt good. It felt good to have a good attitude. It felt good to be nice, right? It felt good to have it come back at me that way. It was nice to be connected with people. Even if it was fake on their end, I didn't care. They waved at me. Hey, how you doing, man? California, you don't do that. All right, you walk down the street. You keep your eyes going forward. You don't ever, people ever say hi to you. And I hate it because I love saying hi. I like connecting with people. And you're walking down the street. You're like, you're, you're like it's, it's a game. You're trying, looking at them like you don't want to be creepy. But you're waiting to see if they look at you to wave. Like, hey, hey, hey. And 95% of the time, they don't wave. It's because there's a guard. People have a guard up to protect themselves. Because there's a place where people have been taken advantage of and hurt. And, and there's belief systems that, that, you know what, you're not safe. You're not safe. Man, are we not, as the body of Christ, called to be the safest people in the world? Is that when people see us, they meet Jesus, and they're able to experience the love and acceptance of who Christ is? Can I hear an amen on that? And so when people leave our presence, they feel good about themselves, not because you're fake and you have a smile on your face. It's because the love of Jesus flows through you. Can I hear an amen on that? Good, all three of you? Praise the Lord. That's really good. But we're called to have beautiful attitudes. This is something that God wants all of us to be an expression of who he is. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you have a beautiful attitude. Come on, you have a beautiful attitude. <laughs> and some of you might be thinking, you know what? I'm not saying it. Because you just got in a fight with your spouse on the way here. and You were cussing them out. And you were not happy with that person. And you're not going to lie right now that they have a beautiful attitude. They have a stinky attitude. But you know what? We're going to say it anyways, because we have the potential of having a beautiful attitude. Amen? So today I want to talk to you about, uh, there's a scripture as you're looking at the uh, Beatitudes that Jesus taught. And today we're going to continue on in this series as Pastor Ben has uh, established. You know, I am really, I admire Pastor Ben and Annalise. Do you know I meet with Pastor Ben every single Thursday Every single Thursday, unless some travel experiences that kind of pull us apart. But every Thursday, he meets with me. Do you know why he meets with me? 
It's not because I'm somebody special, but every week I challenge him and I encourage him, but I also give him tools and we work through things that he needs to work through as a human, as a man, as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, and so on and so forth. He is submitted to a process allowing the Lord to continue to train and challenge him and grow him to the person he's called to be. Can I just tell you right now, that is why you, when you walk in that front door, one of the reasons why when you walk in this front door is you experience authenticity in this church because you got pastors who believe in being authentic and growing in who they are. Can I hear an amen on that? So encourage him because you know what? He is away this week to do the same thing, to continue to grow himself. So that when he comes and he stands here, he's not giving you leftovers. He's giving you a pure expression of who Christ is. Isn't that great news? And so we need to be praying for them because I know pastors, they've got a big target on their back. And so we need to be praying that God would go before them and cover them. You know, he, he's been to one of our intensives that we do for our organization. And I'm going to say this right now. If you're a man, if you're a man here and you want to go to one of our intensives, it's, it's coming up in August. But we take men away and we only do seven at a time. And we pull them away to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. It's beautiful. We stay in this gigantic home. I have a chef. And we, but we work on the heart of the man. And so if you're interested, come talk to me afterwards because I would love to see maybe you possibly attending that. But it's something that you can continue to grow and be who you're called to be and reach your potential of who God's created you to be. But, you know, when we look at these Beatitudes, it's important for us to see and understand what they mean and how to apply them to our personal lives. You know, if we look at Matthew, it's, uh, one of the first scripture here is Matthew. It says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. righteousness. For righteousness. And it says this, for they will be what? They will be filled. You know, this reminds me of a, a trip that I took. Uh, I went down to Mexico, uh, to the jungles of Mexico, and I was going to go down on a team to go share the gospel and the good news with a tribe that came, it's a descendant from the Aztec tribe, and they were in the middle of Mexico that they've never seen white people ever. And I say white because I'm white, all right? But they never seen anybody outside of their tribe. And it was interesting uh, that we would, they had two people that had because they would go down the mountain, get supplies, and come back. But they were designated runners. They would make really good marathon runners. It was a 25-mile trek from where the original, where we were in this village, to go to, up to the, where the Indian, or this Indian tribe was. And so what we would do is we trained ourselves and prepared ourselves, and then we met here as a team, and then we were going to hike all the way 25 miles to where this tribe was, and then we were going to spend time with them, living with them, being with them, meeting with their chief, and then dealing with and expressing uh, the, 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 the presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was awesome. I was really excited about it. I was young. I'm like, let's do it. So we, we started going, and it was hot like out here, and the humidity was really high, 95% or more. And so we started hiking with our gear in 25-mile trek, 18 miles. Over half of our team ran out of water, 18 miles into it. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, this is bad news. 22 miles, we all ran out of water. There's no water source, no water in our, ba our, our bags. We all, and you can start to feel yourself getting dehydrated. Has anybody ever felt that way before? You know, you start to feel cold. You know, you stop sweating. You're thinking, uh-oh, something bad's happening. You get headaches. And so when we, we finally got there at midnight at this village, and they had this little pipe that was only for the water. So they've come pump the water there. Well, we had 20 of us, so we came in, midnight, and we are all just dying. Please just get some water. I'll share just a sip. I just want to sip. So they started pumping. We started pumping it, and we filled our, our uh, jugs with water. 
The water wasn't clear. It was brown, first of all. And I thought, are we allowed to drink that? I don't care. I'll drink whatever. If it's liquid, I'm drinking it, okay? And so you're supposed to hold it and then put your, uh, you know, your pills in there to purify it, you know, so that you wouldn't get Giardia or whatever the stuff that you would get there. And so you're supposed to wait 30 minutes. Well, I didn't wait 30 minutes. Give me 10 minutes. I'm sucking that thing down. I don't care what color it was. But I remember holding that thing at midnight. I finally got mine. I waited 10 minutes. I was supposed to wait 30. And I just remember drinking it. And I felt the dirt. And, you, know, you, you know what I did? Has anybody ever done that before? You let dirt on your teeth. I didn't care. It felt like I was drinking the best water in the world. And it started to fill my body. I was so thirsty, so dehydrated. All I wanted to do is just drink and continue to bring the nourishment back to my body. I was desperate for that water. Desperate to have nourishment. See, this is what the scripture is longing for us to understand as Christ followers is to be desperate of the things of God. Desperate to experience who he is. See, I don't know where you are today and what you've come into this room with. You might have come in with some challenges at home, marriage, work. You might have some challenges emotionally right now. You might be dealing with depression or other things. You might be uh, dealing with some physical challenges. I don't know why. Maybe some of you here today, you're ready to throw on the towel of life and say, I'm done with life. I want to be done. And you're ready to just call it quits. And you're feeling desperate right now, just like I was feeling desperate to have that water. My heart and desire for you today is to experience something new of Christ so that you can actually come to him and drink a pure water of who he is and be nourished exactly where you are. Can I hear an amen on that? I don't know where you are. But I know God does, and he wants to meet you right where you are. And so I want to look at Matthew, uh, this, this scripture here. It says, you know, I'll read it one more time. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. If you look at this in Psalms here, it says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? You know, I'll tell you, when it, Pastor Ben, uh, he asked me a while ago to come out to this, on this date to come be here with you guys, and I consider it a privilege and honor. But that was when I started to, to really hear the Lord, and the Lord really spoke to me. He goes, I want you to drive out there. I'm like, it's a long drive. I don't want to do that. It's me. But then all of a sudden, he started to say, no, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. I want to have a fun journey with you. And I thought, Really? All right. He goes, I want you to come and seek me. I want you to come and experience me. I want us to get away distractions, and I want to just have time. Maybe that's where you're at. Not saying you have to go on a road journey to go experience God, but maybe you need to go home today and not turn your TV on. Maybe you need to go sit and just be quiet, because it says, be still. It says in Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Some of us maybe just need to not work today when you're thinking about going home and working. Maybe some of us needed to be able to check out and go outside, even though it's hot, maybe tonight, uh, and sit and do nothing other than saying, God, what are you saying to me? I want to experience you here today. He wants you to seek him with everything you have, just like you would seek him with your, or seek your career with everything you've had, or a person, or a thing, or an object. God wants you to seek him because he wants to meet you there and he wants to fill you today. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. All right. He wants you to experience that in a fresh, new way. 
You know, I want to look at what hungering and thirsting for righteousness really means. You know, it says here in uh, uh, Proverbs, oh, now I did this again, last service, I, oh, sorry, I'm drawing on it now. You know, I did this last service, and I totally uh, made myself look like an old guy who doesn't know how to do technology. Uh, am I doing something wrong, guys? I did this last service, you know what, and I felt like, I, I felt like a really old guy thinking, why can't I do technology? I, I'm a, hey, thank you, thank you. How old are you? 15. Yeah, thank you, 15 year old. <laughs> that stinks. All right, all right. Thank you, though, for saving my life, you know. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't, sometimes you just feel old. All right, but it says, it says, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds what? Life. Okay, prosperity and honor. But so many times, you know what, when we are living life, and God says this, in, as with, you know, talking about the Beatitudes, it says to be a hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're not because there's some reasons why we're not. One is we got to look at this is that because we fill up on the wrong things in life. See, you're filling yourself up. See, we can go through life and we can fill up with God or we can fill up with other things in life. Your career can become your God. You know what? Your relationship can become your God. You know what? Your hobbies can become your God. That's called idolatry in the Word of God, okay? It becomes an idol in who you are. And so we start to fill up with the wrong things in life. And so as you fill that up and your cup is full, you have no more space to fill your God in because God, you know what? Oh, sorry, it's already full. I have too much time focused on work. I have too much time focused on my relationships, or I have too much time seeking my possessions. And he goes, well, where do I fit in that? And he wants to come and fill us here today. But we're filling up on the wrong things. You know, Moses was a great example of this. If we read this in Hebrews, it says, Moses chose to mis be mistreated. You remember that whole story about Moses, right? Okay, he says, mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Remember, Moses was part of Pharaoh's court. He was part of Pharaoh's family. So he had all that Pharaoh had. He had it all. But he experienced God, and he says, God, I will never leave you. I want to pursue you with everything I have. And what did God do? He met him there. He met him in that place and fulfilled his purpose through Moses, which I'll tell you right now, Moses is a pillar in the Old Testament establishing the story and the whole gospel leading up to Christ. He was essential for Moses to be because of the children of Israel experiencing all that God had for them. And so we have to look at this and how Mo Moses is a prominent figure in the Bible, but he, he recognized, I need to go without so I can pursue the things of God. I don't know what's holding you back here today. You know, I, I don't know your story. I don't know who you are. I just know some of you, and, but I don't know your story. It's amazing how we come to church a lot of times and we put our A game on, don't we? It's like, it's like, it's like social media, A game, everything looks great. Hey, look at all this, look at where I'm going, look what I'm doing. But behind the scenes, behind the scenes, what's really happening behind the scenes? My wife and I work with marriages and we work with individuals who are broken. And that's what we do full-time. And I'll tell you, you know, I work with some pretty prominent leaders and some Hollywood producers, and, and they come with a good a picture on the outside of what they do and how they do things. And, but you go, and I sit in their family room or their living room, 
And I talk with them, and their, their life is falling apart. And they don't know what to do. And they're longing and seeking. How do I fill my life for what is, with, with worth? And what they're saying is they long for righteousness. And so we start to see that even as Moses. You know, as we look in Isaiah 55, I'll just read this out loud. It says, the Lord says, all you who are thirsty, come and drink. Those of you who do not have money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. It says, why spend your money on something that is not real food? Why work for something that doesn't really satisfy you? Because, you know, I can go buy a new car, and I'm happy. I'm really happy. I like trucks. Is that okay to say that? I like trucks. I think trucks are pretty cool. I can do a lot with a truck. I can buy a new truck. It looks really good. Give me a first dent. Oh, man. It's used. <laughs> right? It's not as happy anymore. My happiness is gone. Right? But the joy that God wants to give us is something different. Okay? Listen closely to me and you will eat what is good. Your soul will enjoy the rich food that satisfies. And so this is important for us to understand that God wants us to seek him so he can satisfy. The second thing is, as we look at, is, is uh, as we understand this, we fill up on the wrong things. Number two is we, we've never really even experienced the fullness of God and the goodness of God. Some of you here, and this is not judgment. Please hear me. This is not judgment. Because if I judge you, then I've got to remove the plank out of my own eye. But some of you have not experienced the true goodness of who God is. You see God as someone you go to church for. And you worship and you listen to a preacher preach about. And you understand it through that lens of perspective. But you don't know God for his goodness. You don't know him for how he loves you. You don't really understand who God really is. And so you really are dry within. You're hungry for something. You just don't know what it is. And you're longing for something, but you don't know what you're longing for. And it's just empty. And so you fill that void with other things, and you're never really experiencing who God is. See, if I was that thirsty on that journey, that, that, that trek that I was on, and all of a sudden you gave me a piece of bread when I got there, it would not have fulfilled me Someone who is dying for water. I needed water. See, a lot of us here, we're filling up on carbs in life. <laughs> carbs of, you know, the things, the job, the people, the things, the pleasures. And God says, I got pure water for you, though. Do you want that? Because water is the source of life. Right? You know, California, we've been in an extreme drought for years now. And this year, we had record rain. It's been phenomenal. Just rain, rain. We had almost 900 inches of snow on our mountains in Mammoth Mountain in the Sierras. Insane. But our lakes are full. It's incredible. Uh, you know, Lake, uh, Lake Shasta up in north, 100% full. You know, uh, Oroville down in Los Angeles it feeds us a lot of the water down in Los Angeles. It's 100% full. Can I just tell you what peace of mind that feels is when your lakes are full and you know you're going to have water? <laughs> you know, and they were saying no more. You can't water your, your plants. You can't water anything. And you're like, okay. You feel kind of dry within. But now you know that there's a source that we are able to pull from and use. It's like, whew, you take a deep breath. Some of you of us here today, we've been seeking the wrong things and never being filled with the Spirit of God in our lives. And you know what? And I commend you for being here. Because in your mind, you think going to church is the key. <laughs> and it's part of it. Yeah. Coming here is important. 
It says, don't give up getting the habit of not meeting together. So come. You've got to come to church. But it's not going to fulfill you to come to church. It's one of it. He wants a personal relationship with you to fill you on a daily basis. Could you imagine coming here, eating a meal together, and not eating at all for the rest of the week? I think you'd be kind of hungry, right? So this is a point where we need to fill ourselves and experience this and experience God and who he is. And so it's important for us. It says here, uh, the scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. I don't know that's encouraging for me to even read that out loud today. Let's read this scripture here. It says, I pray that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is and to know this love that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let me just tell you, you cannot out-seek God. God will fill you every day with something new. He, he has everything. He has the reserves. He is so deep. He is so wide. He is so long. He has everything you need and beyond. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You can't figure God out. You can't figure him out. You can just come and accept what he has done for you and meet him there. Amen? Amen. And so today he wants to meet you there. He wants you to experience the fullness of who he really is. And he wants you to have life. Some of you here right now, you're dealing with depression. Depression has skyrocketed since COVID. More depressed people in our world than ever before. Why is that? Because when you took people away and you lived your life alone with nobody around, that's not how we were created to be. God created us to live life together. And so depression stuck and people started living a depressed life. Some of you are dealing with depression right now. And God wants to meet you there. I'm not saying that you don't go meet with your counselor. And I'm not even saying to you here today, you're not, you shouldn't be on some medication for that. You might think, but don't talk about that. I don't know. That's, I'm not the professional. You're professional. You have a counselor. You have a doctor. But God wants to meet you there. He wants to touch you. He wants to fill you. And he wants to bring hope in your heart. He wants to partner with people to bring hope to your next steps. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. So what is righteousness? And I want to kind of move through this because I want you to see something visually because some of us are visual learners rather than uh, audible learners. Righteousness is this. A righteousness first is right standing with God. In Romans 3, verse 25, it says this, we are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificing his life for Who? us. Tell somebody next to you and say, Jesus died for you. Just tell them that. Come on, that's good news, man. That's good news. You might think, how is death good news? It took that and for him to raise from the dead for us to be here today, right before God. Right? Romans says this. I love this scripture. It says, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. He says, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice. Say the word rejoice. 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 Come on, man. We go. I'm sorry. I'm a Dodger fan, so I know you guys probably aren't. But I'm a Dodger fan. I love rejoicing when they win. When they win. Okay? And so in our wonderful new relationships with God, 
Because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. See, this is important for us to understand is that we are to have right standing with God so that we can be filled by God. But if you have things in your life that are holding you back, you know what it is. There's no shame here. There's no shame. Can we be real with each other? I don't want to play church. I, don't, I didn't drive out here to play church. I came out here to be real with you. I came out here to be honest with you. If you have something in your life right now and it's holding you back, let's not have shame wrapped around it. Let's have grace, but let's deal with it. Let's deal with some of those things that are holding us back of the fulfillment of who God is in our lives. Let's be real. Let's be truthful. And let's be partnered with God and others. You are wounded in community and in relationship, but you are healed in relationship. And God wants to bring healing here today. So righteousness is right standing with God, but righteousness is also, this is important, we are made right with God by coming into relationship with God, right living here on earth. See, it's important that we're going to be surrounded by sin in this world, guys. And let me just say that very clearly. You're going to go outside this door. Actually, before you even get out this door. And you're going to be encountered with sin. You might be looking at somebody with the wrong intent right now. You might be walking down. You might be thinking something right now. Boom, you're there. You're there. But right now, it says, here, God says, I want you to have right living here on earth. I want you to walk with me. I want you to have fulfillment. I want you to have peace. I want you to have a fulfillment I have for you right now in this earth. You don't have to wait to heaven. You don't have to wait. We can experience it now. <laughs> That's encouraging. Because so many times we get discouraged thinking, ah, is this it? Is this it? No, God wants more for you here on earth. It says here in Proverbs 14, 12, this is important. It says, there is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it only leads to death. We need to be righteous, not just right. Let me hear an amen on that. We also, this last point here, and I want to show you something. We have right living on earth by pursuing the lifestyle that God intends for us. You know, I have this, uh, this pan here. And I look at this as pan is a description of the world we live in. And, and this is uh, us, this glass. And, you know, and, and this is inside of us is the stuff that we carry. It might be sin, it might be hurt, wounds, trauma things that we have in our lives, and, and it's red. It, it's, a, it's kind of just a depiction of just the stuff that in, just inside. Some of us, that we have this, and, and no one knows about it, secrets that we just kind of hide. And God knows what this is. Can I just say, God knows what this is? He's not, he's not embarrassed by your sin. He's aware of your sin, okay? He can handle your sin. He handled mine, and I had a crisis in my life at one time, and it was a global, it was pretty public, and it was revealed, and it looked like that. And I was a pastor, and, and all of a sudden, I'm like, Lord, what do I do? He says, seek me. Seek me. I will fill you. And so all of a sudden, it comes to a place where you might be in that same place where this represents the stuff that's inside your life that you're saying, God, I need, this to, I need to get it out. I can't live this way anymore. I'm not fulfilled. I feel like I'm just stuck I feel I'm stagnant. I want to move forward. I don't want to continue in the sin. I don't want to continue in these habits or these hurts. I want to continue. I want to walk in freedom. He says, seek me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will fill you every single time. See, the cool thing is when God fills you, he doesn't do it halfway. <laughs> he does it all the way. 
and it overflows in our life. And, and all of a sudden, he says, seek me when you go to church and you worship me. Seek me and I'll fill you. When you love your neighbor as yourself, you know what? I'm going to fill you. When you actually read your word and God's word and you worship, it's like, hey, he fills you up. And when you love your neighbor and, and you're, you're kind to your coworker and you have a great attitude, a good attitude, a beautiful attitude, and people see you for God's love, and, and all of a sudden you start to deal with challenges. When you go to your counseling appointment and you start to deal with the hurts and the pains of your family of origin, rather than it holding you back, you be released of it and you walk in freedom of that. And all of a sudden, you seek him saying, God, I can't do this without you. He starts to fill you even more. And he starts to pour out his spirit in such a powerful way. Where once it was actually a bright red, disgusting kind of look, it starts to look different. Have you ever seen someone in transformation before? It's like they give their life to Christ. I had a wonderful guy come up to me earlier. He says, look at this tattoo of a cross. He goes, look at that. He goes, I get emotional when I say this. He goes, but underneath, it's a 666. And he goes, I gave my life to Christ, and I didn't know how to hide that. He goes, so I put the cross on top of it. <laughs> Come on. Dude, that's awesome, man. And all of a sudden, as we seek him, he continues to fill us in such a way that all of a sudden, our life starts to overflow. And there's a constant source of his spirit pouring out in us. <laughs> to the point where <coughs> I'm actually not faking. <coughs> there's something caught in my throat right now. It's not an act, I promise you. And then all of a sudden, you have this beautiful representation of what I was before to what I am today is pure because of God's Spirit within me. You know what the cool thing is? God doesn't say to come become like that and go hide go and live a life of solitude somewhere else where no one sees you. He says, now I'm going to put you right back in the middle of the world where the inside of you is pure. You might live in a world of sin, but it doesn't have to be in you. And I'm going to continue to pour out every last drop, and you're going to be filled every single day. Amen. Some of you need to see that. Some of you are in that place where that glass was, it just feels icky inside. It feels, it feels damaged. It feels used. It feels hurt. It feels sad. And you're sitting here today. You're, oh God, I need it. I don't have this. I don't know if I can continue on. I need you. You're just desperately crying out, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't even just go to church and fake it anymore. I need something. I need that. I need that. I need my life to represent that. And he says this, seek me. Seek me. I love what, you know, we look at Matthew. It's a beautiful scripture. It's so simple. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen. Would you close your eyes where you're at today? You know, there's some points at this time where you, you, you have to come to a decision. You have to come to a place where you have to ask yourself the question, what am I going to do? Am I going to choose to continue to live the life 
that I've been living? Am I going to choose to be the husband that I've been living? The husband that might be in secrets or in an anger pattern or an abusive pattern or a wife or a son or a daughter or a co-worker or a boss? And yet you're, you're at this place where you're stuck. And the Lord says, it's your choice. He can't force you to make that change. It's your choice. It was his choice to die on the cross for you. And he did that freely so that we can receive the gift of salvation. So that we can actually live a life pure inside even if we live in a world of sin and darkness and ickiness. He wants to bring hope to your heart today. He loves you so much that he wants to fill you today. If you're here and you're longing for a relationship with Jesus and you're saying, I've been going to church for a long time, I go, come, I even serve. But maybe you're at a point where you need to actually give your life to Christ and allow him to fill you on a daily basis, moment by moment, and walk in freedom through a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've never done this. And and I lifted that red glass up, you're all like, that looks like my life right now. He wants to fill you. He wants to fulfill you. He wants to have life with you. He wants to live with you. He wants to love you. He wants you to experience that love because he says he'll love you forever and ever. He'll never change because he says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you want that relationship with Jesus, you cannot get to God the Father without accepting what Jesus did on the cross. And you cannot get to God the Father unless you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And if you want to do that today, this is your choice. This is your moment. Make that choice. I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I would like for you to take that step. Be bold. Be confident. Step out and experience the fullness of who God is here today. Allow Him to fill your cup. Allow Him to do something new in you. But why don't you and I, you're looking at me, no one else looking around, but you raise your hand and you acknowledge that on the count of three. Let's do that together. You want Jesus and you want to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Raise your hand. One, two, three. I see your hand. I see your hand as well. This is not just about counting hands. I'm acknowledging you. I see you. And when I say I see you, God sees you. He sees your heart. He sees your heart. Yes. Who else here? I don't want to miss you because this is an opportunity. This is a celebration. I see your hand. Who else? I don't want to. I see your hand up there. Yeah. I see your hand up there as well. This is the day the Lord has made. And the church is going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because today you have chosen to walk with him. Lord, we pray right now. Every person here, as we walk and we submit our hearts to you, fill our lives. Church, would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I accept you today 
I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And from this moment forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you praise the Lord right now for what he has done for all those who give them?